Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 282 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We're looking in the week of October the um, 4th to October the 10th, covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 111 to 114. And today we're starting to look at Doctrine and Covenants section 112. But before we dive into the section, we really do need to have a look at the context behind this. This revelation is given to Thomas B. Marsh, um, and it's given around the time of some great dissent uh, from the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Um, there was a lot of problems going on uh, amongst the leadership of the church. Uh, and in July uh, 1833, 1837, I should say, which, don't forget, is around about 11 months after the, the previous uh, section was, uh, or the previous revelation we learned about yesterday was given. So we're jumping through time here. Um, uh, during that 11 months, there have been some great uh, fallings out uh, between um, the, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And there were some great problems. Some of those problems uh, involved just some dissatisfaction with the prophet. Some of them were specifically around uh, things like the Kirtland Safety Society, which I won't talk about very much here. Um, but um, there was basically a, a number of factors which meant that um, the Twelve Apostles were starting to have some difficulties. And there were several of them uh, who were speaking out um, publicly against the prophet. Uh, and this revelation is given to Thomas B. Marsh, who was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Um, it says in the, the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, quote, Apostles Marsh, David W. Patton and William Smith travelled from far western Missouri to Kirtland in the summer of 1837 to address quorum members to dissent against Joseph Smith and seek to unify the Twelve. To these ends, Marsh and Patton called for a council meeting of the entire Quorum of the Twelve on 24th of July, 1837. Close quote. Now, before we continue looking at this contest, we often remember Thomas B. Marsh as the one who left the church because of the pint of cream, uh, or the, the story of how his wife and other sisters had made an agreement concerning milk and cream, uh, and that um, Thomas B. Marsh's wife was found to not be honest in her dealings and try and take some more uh, of the good um, kind of cream or milk for herself. Um, and then Thomas B. Marsh tries to defend her and basically um, disagrees with the, with, the agree, with the decisions of the councils that are put before the church. And then he and his wife leave the church. And he was the president of the Corps of the Twelve Apostles. And this was a great loss to the church. And he was a great... Um, kind of dissenter at that time i think that sometimes we focus on that story and we always remember thomas b marsh for that but what we forget to realize is that this, that at this time uh, in 1837 thomas b marsh was a, a very strong uh, advocate for joseph smith he was basically trying to unify this quorum together and to stop this voice of dissent from the 12 um as he returns to kirtland ohio at this time he finds out that um, Heber C. Kimball and Orson Hyde had been called by Joseph to go and proselyte in, in England. Um, and he was a bit upset by this because he had 
well, as, as presence of the Quorum of the Twelve, he saw it as his responsibility to receive revelation uh, from the members of his Quorum like this. Um, and he had corrected Parley P. Pratt previously in May for wanting to basically just go on his own uh, to England and to teach the gospel. Um, and so he may have had some frustration, which is why perhaps we have this revelation in the first place, um, why he is directed by the Lord in terms of what to do and how to um, work go about directing and, and guiding this quorum. But kind of on his way, or to, before he'd gotten to here, um, as mentioned before, he is also trying to address some dissent that has intensified amongst the church members. Um, in fact, in the, the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, it says, quote, by early May, he and Patton had heard rumours in far, that in far west that Apostles John F. Boynton and Luke and Lyman Johnson were speaking out in opposition to Joseph Smith and other leaders. Lyman Johnson, Orson Pratt and Luke Johnson had preferred charges against Joseph Smith and his father in late May. In June, Polly P. Pratt had preached against Joseph Smith before leaving for Missouri. Um, reflecting in January 1838 on growing unrest, Violet Murray Kimball wrote in a letter to her husband, Heber, that she felt the Decembers had valid reasons for their frustrations, but that they had nonetheless pursued an improper course of action. Close quote. So there was a significant number of the Quorum of the Twelve, Names of individuals who we've heard about so far in church history who were great examples of faith, and we've focused on their actions of faith um, up to this point, and then they started to have this growing dissent and unrest. Now, Thomas B. Marsh, we tend to focus on his one act of dissent and excommunication from the church uh, in church history. I mean, I know for a fact that when I hear the name Thomas B. Marsh, I think of the, the story of the, the pints of cream. Uh, and how he left the church and how he could have probably, you know, been the next presence of the church if he stayed and was faithful and was the presence of the Quorum of the Twelve. And yet he didn't. And, you know, he does return back, you know, a number of years later into the church in Utah. And he gives that great sermon where he stands up, uh, where Brigham Young, Brigham Young allows him to speak to the church. And he stands up and, you know, he talks about his apostasy and how how much he regrets it. And, how it was pride and jealousy that led him to down that path. You know, we, 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 hear, we, hear, we hear all about this, but we don't focus so much on the fact that this brother, Thomas B. Marsh, who um, was the presence, the Quorum of the Twelve, was working tirelessly to try and put out these dissenters, to try and reconcile them to Joseph and to the Lord. In fact, Polly P. Pratt, who was mentioned, had just uh, left for Missouri after preaching in public against Joseph Smith meets Thomas B. Marsh on this journey. And basically, Thomas B. Marsh just calms him down, um, helps put him at ease, and then Polly P. Pat returns to uh, Kirtland with Thomas B. Marsh and basically apologises in tears to Joseph Smith. Um, Thomas B. Marsh did a great number of things to support the prophets at this time. And so as we go into this section, um, we need to remember that... Um, he has been a source of great strength and a, and a foundation to the prophet and to the quorum at this time. And in fact, it wasn't just Polly P. Pratt who made a confession and an apology, but Orson Pratt also did. Um, it says in, in, in the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, quote, Marsh appears to have been influential in bringing about at least Polly P. Pratt's confession 
and the 23rd of July, 23rd of July revelation directed Marsh to continue his efforts to admonish the Twelve and instruct them to rebel not against my servant Joseph. Close quote. So this kind of gives us a bit of background here because there will be some words of um, chastisement, I suppose, or correction is probably a better word uh, to, Marsh, to Thomas B. Marsh. And that will be around his frustration, I imagine, that he has heard that the prophets are sent to the apostles to England when he, when he hasn't been informed of this sort of decision or, or, or consulted in this decision. And do you know what? You know, maybe there is some um, um, rationale there or understanding there that, you know, if you've been given a responsibility by the Lord and been given direction, and then you hear that someone else who that, revel who that revelation was received through is doing other things and not consulting you, then perhaps there would be some frustration there. Um, and so I think that we need to recognise that Joseph Smith is not a perfect individual, and this is why um, these um, members of the Twelve are starting to be in discord, because perhaps they expected the prophets of God to be, to be infallible and perfect, which of course we, we know is, is not a realistic expectation of mortal men, uh, men and women. Um, but also uh, we, we recognise here uh, that whilst Joseph Smith may well have made mistakes um, and um, wrong, wrong choices, uh, this also does not mean that we then presume that he is a fallen prophet because he still received the revelations he received. He's still receiving the revelations that he is receiving and guiding the church under the direction of the Lord. Uh, and so as we go into section 112, keep that context in mind uh, as we as the Lord speaks to uh, the prophet. Uh, there is so much context behind that uh, section that we are going to have to start there. But we'll dive into the section over the next couple of days and learn some of the principles that are taught to Thomas B. Marsh. Thank you very much for listening today. I, I think it was important we get that context around uh, what is happening because we have a lot of church history covered in these four sections, about two years worth. So it's important to keep in touch with that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that study and uh, will join us tomorrow and the next day as we go into Doctrine and Covenants section 112. Please join us on Facebook, um, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. That's if Facebook is up and working again. I'll have to double check on that. Uh, and please do email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if, if you have any feedback as well. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.